Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, Jim Nance, thanks for the introduction there. Hey, we've got Joe Scobber this week, the caddy for Ricky Fowler on the pod. I spoke with him last week coming off of Kiowa Island, what that was like. It was our first top 10 in a PGA Tour event in over a year, really since January of the American Express there in Palm Springs, there in, in Southern California, where they're both from. We'll get to that in a minute, both being Marietta, California natives, uh, but still huge. Where are they at right now? How, how is Ricky Fowler, how does he seem confidence-wise at, at the moment? And, and how does how does Joe feel about their game? What were their takeaways from a strong finish at Kiwa Island? And also caddying at Kiwa Island, Joe really gets into detail of what that was like, how hard it was with the winds and, how, and, and, the, and the challenge of that course and the way it played for a right-hander. Of course, Phil winning a uh, huge win at age 50, the left-hander. Much easier, as they talked about, especially towards the turn, number 10, and some of those holes, 11, 12, uh, 13, were helpful for the lefty. But, yes, we've got Joe Scovern on, and as I mentioned, they're both Southern California natives, looming large. Now we got Torrey Pines at the U.S. Open, which what an event that was. I actually volunteered in 2008. At that event, I drove down from Sacramento and stayed the whole week with my friend Zachary Kearns in his house in Encinitas, California, and uh, volunteered in the merchandise tent. But yes, this is a big one for them. This is as close as it gets for a U.S. Open venue. And at the moment, uh, that is for Ricky Fowler and Joe Scover, and at the moment, they're around, or I should say, Ricky's around 100 in the world, and we're going to hear kind of what Joe's thinking as they hope to get into the U.S. Open. They haven't missed it, obviously, in over a decade. Um, but what's it going to take at Memorial this week? What are they going to have to do? And they do mention, uh, Joe does mention qualifying. They're signed up. They're ready to go for the one-day qualifier on Monday, June 7th. As they say, golf's longest day. Uh, if they need to qualify that way, they are ready to go uh, the day after Columbus, where they're at Memorial this week. So we'll see where that goes. Um, but both of them are from the Murrieta, California area, and this is as close as it gets. I mean, there are opens, of course, scheduled for LA Country Club, for Los Angeles. But no, San Diego is as close as it gets for both of those guys. So this is such a huge meaning. Of course, Joe does kind of get into memories uh, from 2008, what that was like. Although he did not caddy for Ricky that time uh, when Ricky was an amateur in 08. He does have some stories, so we're going to get into that. What this would mean, of course, uh, for them to get into the U.S. Open. There's a lot on their plate. There's a lot they're looking forward to. We're going to get to Joe Scovern here on Beyond the Clubhouse. Looking looking back on the week, I mean, what what was kind of your takeaway from from Kiowa being out there for you guys? I thought it was great. I thought it was a really good test of golf. Um, I thought they did a good job of setup. It uh, it was great to see you know wind switch a little bit on uh, on Sunday. You know, we kind of got a benign day on Saturday, and then you know wind switch on Sunday. So we got to see the other directions. You got to see the golf course few different ways so i thought that was great and uh i mean obviously the course held up with the scores and everything else it was uh 
it's very good. They don't have to trick that place up to make it tough. They just need wind. So. Mm. And what was it like to be, I mean, Sunday the Major is always awesome, but what was it like to kind of really be making a bit of a run, be back in the Major mix after not being in there for, you know, the last few Majors? Yeah, it was really fun to, you know, move up the board on, on Saturday and then, you know, just with the run we'd been on, um, you know, hadn't been in the mix in a while. We were in the mix. Obviously, we were in the uh, last group in Memphis, but other than that, we hadn't been in the mix in a while. And uh, so it was good to see Ricky play well. Um, that was great. And he played fantastic yesterday. Golf course was playing tough. And um, really, he played even better than the story shot with the quality of shots he was hitting in the wind and everything else. So that was nice to see. And it was just fun with the pairing, you know, being, I mean, hard to say we we're really in the mix when you're seven back. Right. You know, start the day in 13th. But it felt like you were it felt like you were in there. It felt like you had a chance if something got it going and, you know, the leaders went sideways or something, you posted a number, um, and just the crowd and the excitement and just him and Jordan together always brings a little bit more excitement too, I think, with the crowd. So it was just a lot of fun to be back, back in the mix and kind of get the juices flowing. I mean, that's what we're all out there for. Yeah. And that crowd, too, I mean, was there a lot, I mean, to get the juices flowing, was there a lot of electricity with the crowd? Absolutely. Yeah, there was tons. I mean, <laughs> we a lot of people. 17, they were, they were, uh, I mean, they were, they were loud, vocal, boisterous all day, fired up, and then 17 was like another level. Um, yeah, I can't imagine what it was like with Phil, you know, on 17, and then with the crowd coming inside the rep center, then on 18. Uh, but even for us, it, it just, you know, it just felt big, so it was cool. Mm. What, what What do you uh, Why do you think Ricky was was playing so well to get that going there like that? Um, I think he's been trending. He's showed signs for a while, and we just haven't put together four days. And um, I mean, his iron play was great all week, so that was nice to see. And then the putter for four days, it was. Um, the best I can remember in a while for four days with the putter. So I think he finished when I last I looked, he was like 13th strokes game putting and he was forced through three rounds. So it was nice to see the putter get going again. Cause if you look at the stats, it just hasn't been his normal for over a year now. So, um, I think that makes a big difference. You know, just momentum swingers that keep the round going, you know, making those, those couple of putts that you need to make to just keep momentum. Yeah. No, I mean you got to to keep it running. Um, but I mean, how, how does he seem in terms of like this his his mental game and, and his confidence right now? Does he seem? I would imagine I he'd be fired up. I, I think this week was big. It was a good stepping stone. I mean, you know, getting the top ten monkey off the back for you know we hadn't top ten since the Quinta twenty. Um, so so that was big. Um, you know, feeling like we were a little bit more in it than that. Even it wasn't just a you know, sneak into the top 10, you know, um, when we were playing the last, if we part the last, you know, we would have been in third at the time and it would have yeah. ended up finishing, uh, Probably fifth or fourth, fourth yeah, yeah, fourth, two fourth. So, so we were right there for a good finish and it was a great week. And, uh, you know, the T8 is, is, you know, a good momentum builder right now. And especially on that kind of golf course and in a big event, um, you know, it was good to see. Hey, Joe, when you say that kind of golf course, like, how hard was it to caddy out there at Kiowa? Like, what was the biggest challenge? 
I think, the, I mean, the biggest thing is the, you know, the wind. And I think that all comes down to the guy you work for, you know, their judgment of shots and their being able to hit certain flights. Cause you know, you can, you can get out when it's blowing 15 to 20, you can say, Hey, there's 10 of her or 12 of her or 15 of her in there. But it's all going to depend on the ball flight, right? There might be eight of hurt with a certain ball flight. There might be 15 of hurt with another flight. So, mm. you know, there's so much of that is up to the player having their feel. And then you get the two of you being able to communicate and knowing their game and understanding what shot they're going to hit and how that's going to affect it. Um, just keeping an eye on the wind at all times, you know, whether it's, you know, there's a lot – depending on the wind direction, you can get a lot of, uh, like the first couple of days, you get a lot that are kind of straight in to 1130 or 1230 on the clock. So they're barely one way or the other. Hmm. Um, so you're kind of trying to keep an eye on that. And then like yesterday's wind, you got a lot of like 930, 10 o'clock. So, you know, kind of judging where that's at and where you're at in the fairway and where this ball's going to start for, you know, judging the amount of hurt or helping it. Um, so it just it kept you on your toes all the time, caddying and playing. I think you couldn't really take. There's no break in the golf course to take time off. You know, you're always you're you just kind of kind of be in every shot all the time and um, keep your focus out there and be paying attention to what's going on. For sure, man. Well, and also, uh, I mean, Tim Mickelson getting the win first first major with uh, for Phil. Like, what was uh, I mean? Ha- how cool was that to see for him? Yeah, I think it's great. You know, I sent him a text uh, that I was really happy for him that he got to be a part of that, you know, with his brother, part of golf history, um, you know, being out there and, you know, just, I mean, it had to be cool. I don't know what it feels like, you know, so, but uh, I would assume it had to be very cool for him and very satisfying. Um, and it's good to see, you know, great for golf too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he said that his parents, uh, you'll see the story tomorrow, but his parents actually got, uh, met them at 1 in the morning when they landed in San Diego. Oh, his, nice. da- his, dad's, cool. his dad's 85. I love that. Yeah, um, that's great. If I was 85, that's I mean, God, if, if we were 85, wouldn't we do the same thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's fantastic, yeah. But, but hey, just in closing, um, I was going to say, so what's the thought process for the U.S. Open right now? I mean, with uh, obviously uncertainty there, I believe. Yeah, I, right now we're signed up for the qualifier, you know, so I don't even know what we would have to finish at at Memorial to get in there. You know, we moved up a bit in the world rankings, but I think I, think I saw today we're right around 100 or just inside the 100. So to get in that top 60, I don't know what we would need, if it's a win or a second or what it is. So just got to go try to play well at Memorial and then planning on going to the qualifier the next day and, you know, hopefully go do something good enough to not have to go to that qualifier. And if we do, then, you know, go make it through the 36 and get to Tory. Yeah. And I mean, Tory's a, I mean, gosh, I mean, you know, it's so well, SoCal guy, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, basically hometown for us. So, um, play that event every year, him being a farmer's guy and, um, you know, Lots of family and friends there, so it'd be it'd be great to get in. He played there as an amateur in the in the last open. I remember, yeah. There, so um, I actually I didn't caddy for him there, but I went out and watched him play the first round. So um, there was a bunch of us from back home watching him play that first round, and uh, so yeah, you just 
you don't ever want to miss a major. You want to be a part of it, you know, and especially that close to home. For sure, buddy. Well, hey, I'll let you get some rest. And, uh, hey, man, good to catch up. I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, you got it. We'll talk to you later again. Okay, Joe. Cheers. That's it. Bye. Thanks. Bye. All right, my thanks to Joe Scarborough, their caddy for Ricky Fowler. They're at a crossroads right now. They played well. Of course, Ricky played well, tied for eighth at the PGA Championship. But where does he go from here? Can he get into the U.S. Open? Hard to believe that we may see another major without Ricky Fowler. Of course, he missed uh, the Masters. So how will they navigate these upcoming events? Will they get in? U.S. sectional qualifying, U.S. Open sectional qualifying, they're, they're signed up for the day after the U.S. Open, um, excuse me, the day after Memorial, June 7th. So how will that all shake out? We're going to see very soon where that goes from here. Of course, you can read the story based on this interview with Joe Scovern on the caddynetwork.com. came out last week. And, yeah, I, I think he sounds pretty upbeat to me. I, I think there's definitely – they got their work cut out for him. So we'll see where they go from here. Uh, before I let you go, EncoreGolf.com. Check them out. they got a two-time Golf Digest Hot List Gold winner. Their Elixir Golf Ball delivers incredible velocity, accuracy, and distance off the tee. Check it out at EncoreGolf.com. And also on social media, at EncoreGolf. Instagram and Twitter, they're very strong presence there as well. Uh, But hey, thanks for joining me here on Beyond the Clubhouse, and let's catch up again soon.